the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. I'm so excited to be here. To be honest, my week and and my actual like a month or so has just been so nutty. I know we all have these times, but um, I'm actually fired up. I'm I'm, uh, not, or I haven't had as much sleep as I probably should have, but again, fired up uh, because today my guest is someone who excites me so much every time I see her. Um, She is a super power woman, author. You've probably seen her on national TV. Uh, Her name is Emily Liebert, and I'm going to be bringing her in in a couple minutes, But and I'll tell you how I met her. But first, I want to talk about this quick little story that kind of really changed my perception many years ago. I was probably in my early 20s, and I was sitting in a car with a girlfriend who is as much a mentor. Uh, Her name is Crystal Carson. She was an actress on General Hospital many years ago, Uh, and I really, really looked up to her. For those who watch General Hospital, her name was Julia Barrett on the show, and when I moved to LA, she was one of the first people I met, and she was doing this giant charity event called Take a Chance with the Stars that actually ended up helping my career take off eventually. But Crystal was somebody who I just completely looked up to, in part because, honestly, I was a starstruck 20-year-old from Pennsylvania, um, and I just thought she was so cool that she was on General Hospital, and she was nice to me. But also because everybody knows that I do a lot of charity, and I just thought it was so great that she was doing this event, which is also why I participated. Anyway, I was a little stuck between jobs, trying to figure out what I was doing, and I remember being in a car with Crystal, and she was like, you know how... If there's a fly, either in a car or in a room, and you'll see it sometimes, like, flying into the window, like, repeatedly, when there's an open window on the bottom, but it flies into the glass. And she's like, people are like that a lot. Like, where we think we see an answer, we see the out, we see what we want, and we just keep flying into the glass instead of into the open window. And you, as a person watching this, want to be like, just fly down, fly down. Um, but we don't, we don't see that. Well, that's kind of what the show is about today. I feel like that story has changed my life over the years because when I feel myself stuck on something, I'll be like, how can I do this completely differently? And I decided to bring on my friend Emily because she is one of those people who I feel like is the fly who always flies out the right window instead of into the glass. Uh, basically long story short, I met Emily because I was reading my Smith Alumni Quarterly, our newsletter that we get, or our little book that, you know, our school sends out. 
And I saw this book called Facebook Fairy Tales. And it's basically all these amazing stories compiled. I'm sure some of you have seen this, but it's all these amazing stories of things that happened because of Facebook. Like someone literally got a liver, liver transplant. So I thought this was so cool. And I told you that I love to celebrate other women. So I literally just went on Twitter and was like, oh my God, congratulations to fellow alum, Emily Liebert, who just released Facebook fairy tales. And I get this lovely tweet back that is basically like, thank you so much. And then I believe I got a private tweet or a private message in some way. And Emily was like, thank you much for doing that. Like, I don't think she actually said why, but it was kind of like, why? In a, you know, extremely like, thank you so much sort of way. So ever since then, Emily and I have been friends. She lives in New York, so I don't get to see her as much as I would love to. But as I bring her on, I'm going to tell you, she went to Horace Mann School, then she graduated from Smith College. Right out of school, she landed an executive assistant position at ABC News, where she worked helping produce Peter Jennings' report, Peter Jennings' reporting. And she's just one of those people who's a whiz at to-do lists. She gets stuff done. Since childhood, she always had a passion for writing. So when the opportunity to become editor-in-chief of The WAG, a luxury lifestyle magazine covering Westchester and Fairfield counties, presented itself, she jumped at that chance. She spent five years there and wrote hundreds of articles, including celebrity profiles, travel, fashion, and beauty. And then she became a full-time freelance writer. You've seen her stuff in the Huffington Post, Oprah.com, Elite Traveler, Rob Report. Do I even need to go on here? Isn't this crazy? Then she went on to edit Carrie Kenning Kennedy's New York Times bestselling Being Catholic Now, Prominent Americans Talk About Change in the Church and the Quest for Meaning. After that, she published her first book, Facebook Fairy Tales. That was back in 2010 uh, or 2009, maybe, and um, went on to then write her debut novel called You Knew Me When. I got to go to the launch of that, which was published in September of 2013. Then her second novel, When We Fall, was published in 2014. Those Secrets We Keep was her third novel, re released in 2015. And then she had a fourth novel called Some Women, which came out in 2016, all with Penguin Random House. Now, I could go on about all the Today Shows and places that she's been on, but I'm going to jump right in and have her say hello. Hi, Emily. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Devin. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. You just made me sound really impressive. <laughs> you are really <laughs> impressive. As I said. When I you read it all off like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, come on. Even just talking to you, you get it. And I think, as I said, I mean, I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of great people doing great things in the world. I mean, a lot of it I pay to go to, but then others I've been blessed to call friends. And I think with you, the thing that I love so much is I feel like I think outside the box and I'm calling this show think outside the book because of some of the things that I wouldn't have even thought of that you do. Like every time that I release a book now, I like steal some secrets from you. <laughs> So, I think it's so hard to, you know, the publishing industry has gotten more and more challenging. So you really can't just, even if it's an amazing book, you really can't just write a book, let it be published and sort of hope people are going to buy it. You, you have to throw everything against the wall. 
Well, you do. And I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like you write the book, which is a whole big beast of practically having a baby. haha. And yeah. then after that, it's like the whole marketing plan. Like my book's coming out in March and we've already started shooting videos to go with it and, you know, making some of the cooking steps easier. And it's amazing. Like, I mean, I actually feel pressure that I'm behind on my book launch that's not coming out until March. You really have to start at least six months in advance for the long lead magazines, which are the monthly national magazines. A lot of people don't realize that. And then they let it, you know, it becomes two months before the book's coming out and they wonder why they can't get in these magazines because these magazines work months in advance. I mean, that's just one example. But yes, you're right. Right. Well, and yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, we know that they already go to print before then, so that's too late. But I would love to talk about your brilliance. Um, First of all, like the fact that you managed to be able to use Facebook, like the name Facebook that's trademarked and all of that, and you have to get permission to do that. How did you even dream to do that, let alone actually do it? So when I started writing the book, um, or when I presented the idea to my agent who loved it, the first thing she said was, I love this idea, but you need to actually find some of these amazing stories that you're sure exist, you know, and tell me about them, and we need to put it in the proposal. So I was able to find another, a number of the stories on my own through my own research, but then I thought, I noticed on Facebook that there was a place that you could send them your stories, and I thought, they must be getting hundreds, thousands of these stories every day. So I reached out to someone there. It is extremely difficult to get in touch with anyone at Facebook, but I think through like a various like trail of people that I knew, I was able to get to someone there. And um, they said, okay, send us your proposal. And I said, what I'd really love is for you to just help me send me any of the great stories that you have so I can go through them and maybe they'll be great for the book. And I said, you know, not for nothing, this is sort of a nice piece of publicity for you guys. Would you be willing to support the book in any way? I'd love to be able, if I can, to use your logo on the cover of the book and to say that I have Facebook support. And, um, of course, they did not say yes right off the bat. It was a reasonably, you know, extensive process to get them to commit to that. Um, But they thought it was a great idea as well. And they had only ever committed to two other books, um, to lend their support to two other books, um, which were about Facebook, but more of the technical side or the story of how it got started. Um, And then I went a step further because I'm like you and I say, you just have to ask for what you want. If you don't ask for what you want, you'll never know if you can have it. And the worst thing that happens is someone says no. So I asked them if Mark Zuckerberg would be willing to write the foreword to the book. And they said, Mark doesn't write forewords. However, he will give you an interview for the foreword. And that was really the biggest coup of all because to that point, I think, think he had only given interviews. He was very shy. He wasn't the Mark Zuckerberg that people know today. He was shy and I think sort of awkward back then. And he had only given interviews, I think, to like, 
Leslie Stahl at 60 Minutes and Oprah or something like that. And <laughs> I was, you know, I, I'm clearly, I'm, I, my, list, my resume sounded nice, <laughs> but clearly I am neither of those people. Um, so that was a real coup for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I just think it's amazing. Number one, because... I mean, anybody who's worked in this business knows they could very easily go like, oh, yeah, brilliant idea. We'll do that ourselves. We don't need you and kick you to the side, you know. And right. and I mean, they could totally legally have done that even because it is their property of sorts. And so I just I mean, I want to commend you for like being a powerful force enough that they would recognize that you could pull this off. I mean, in a way that they would not only, you know, be okay with it, but then have Mark give the, give the interview. That's amazing. It was amazing. And they did, of course, ask to read the book. They did not demand it. They just asked to read the book before, um, you know, it went to print. And they were really, really happy with it. I mean, it was, back then, there was a lot of negatives in 2010, there had sort of been this big high with Facebook, and then as with anything in this world, as with celebrities and everything, there's always a backlash after there's there, this big high. So there was a backlash at this point, and in the news, there started becoming a lot of negative publicity and negative stories about Facebook. And so I think this is a really nice sort of you know antidote to that where they could just say, look, this is what's coming out of connections. I mean, as you said, someone got a kidney donation through Facebook. There was actually a story in the book where someone saved some another, one teenager saved another teenager's life through a connection on Facebook. So it was all really positive, and they, they thankfully got behind it. Wow. What, I'm curious, how did the teenager save the life through Facebook? I, I read it so many years ago that... Um, I don't remember that story. Yeah, no, I mean, I barely remember, but yeah, (laughs) um, I do remember. Um, So there were these two teenagers who are friends on Facebook, as you well know, and as most people know, a lot of times you have friends on Facebook who are not actually necessarily people you know, but you know people in common with them, so you accept the friend request. And the boy teenager lived in a small town in England, and the girl teenager lived in Baltimore, Maryland. And randomly, it happened to be on April Fool's, which is such an amazing part of the story. The girl got a Facebook message from the boy saying, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to overdose. I'm miserable. I'm, I'm, you know, I hate my life. And I'm, I'm going to overdose on drugs. And she... Anyone could have thought this was an April Fool's Day joke. Anyone could have said, I don't even know this person. They're just, you know, this isn't real or anything like that. But she took it seriously and she showed it to her mother who called um, the police station in Maryland. And it ended up going through the police station in Maryland back to the police in England who there were like eight people with this name like around the area that this kid lived in and they went and knocked on every door. And when they got to his door, I think, I want to say he had already taken the pills and they rushed him to the hospital and saved his life. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So (laughs) So that is truly the power of a connection because not only is it overseas, but the people weren't friends. You know, there wasn't a close connection. 
That's, I mean, that's amazing. I, I just, I remember reading the book and just at the time, I mean, obviously it was so many years ago now. Um, and I, I still think it's a, I should probably read it again. It, it's such a great read. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember story after story that it was like, whoa, there was a couple who adopted and- a baby. I mean, these weren't just stories of like, oh, I reconnected with my, you know, boyfriend from summer camp when we were seven years old and, you know, we dated a little bit. And then those weren't the stories. I mean, they were a couple who adopted a baby. There was the organ donation. Um, there's the saving a life. There are just so many positive. There were 25 stories, um, all very positive. So cool. Well, we actually have to go to commercial break. Um, when we come back, I want you to tell everyone how you got your first novel in like a bajillion magazines. Um, because this is one of the all, I, I seriously think about this story like all the time as I'm doing my day-to-day work. I think it's so <laughs> impactful. And so uh, we'll take a couple minutes here and we'll be right back um, ready to inspire. Great. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I'm back with Emily Liebert, who is a friend of mine. She graduated from my college years after me. She's a little bit younger than I am, but um, we connected via Twitter um, during... 
as she was releasing one of her books, uh, Facebook Fairy Tales, and we were just talking about that. She's also a best-selling author of numerous novels. She's been on TV a ton. I'm sure you've all seen her, but she was just going to tell us how she managed to get her romance novels in magazines that you wouldn't expect romance novels to be featured in. So, yeah. So, When You Knew Me When came out, I had, it was on the heels of Facebook Fairy Tales, which was my first book, but that was narrative nonfiction. And for Facebook Fairy Tales, I had gotten tons of publicity. Um, For one, it was sort of a chicken soup for the soul with a Facebook twist. So, it was all these really positive stories. And as many people don't know, it's much easier to get publicity, especially national publicity on television for nonfiction. So I had been on today's show, Rachel Ray, I'd been on Anderson Cooper, and I just thought, oh, you know, this is how it goes for everybody. (sighs) And when my first novel was set to come out, I was quickly informed that this is not how it works for fiction and that you know, I should not expect to be on all of these national television shows. So I thought to myself, I have to do something different. I can't just put a book out there and hope for the best. So I came up with an idea, which ended up being a great idea, to um, call a bunch of companies that make nail polish and see if they would do a nail polish collection named after the book with nail polishes named after my characters. I figured that way I wouldn't get only picked up in book websites and things that covered fiction novels. I would get picked up by lifestyle websites and magazines and, you know, it would sort of be this, wow, cute idea, this, you know, nail polish collection that goes with the book. So I think I probably made... 40 calls to various companies. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be a a situation where Revlon or Clinique was going to sign on to do it because I was a first-time novelist. And also, usually with companies like that, there's a lot of red tape and it takes a long time. So I was targeting sort of mid-sized companies and a company called Zoya, which um, is very well known in the nail polish industry, loved the idea and ended up creating a box set called the You Knew Me When Collection, which was the name of the book. And they had three nail polishes named Lainey, Luella, and Catherine, who are my three main characters. And the really cool thing is we were able to make these new colors. So they didn't just take three colors of nail polish that were already in their line. We were able to talk about what color we thought would represent each character's personality best, and then they actually mixed new colors. And this landed me in in Style Magazine. It landed me, oh God, in various uh, like Women's Day and in WWD and Women's World and Nylon and Ladies Home Journal and I mean, the list went on and on. I think there was a piece in the, maybe in the New York Post, um, but it got me a tremendous amount of the publicity. And for that reason, the book ended up being a bestseller. Yeah, I mean, I just want to take a minute to make sure everybody is like connecting how this could work in their own life. Um, (laughs) I think it's funny because, you know, well, first of all, let's go back to you saying that you're like, oh, a nonfiction book you get on Rachel Ray and all these places. Yeah. Well, sort of, but I mean, mean, not always, but I think that 
Facebook was so big at the time. And it was this combination of Facebook being this hot topic, these amazing stories. And what's actually truly amazing, just to take a step back for a minute, is um, the couple who I wrote about in Facebook fairy tales who had adopted the baby via a Facebook connection Mm -hmm. ended up coming on Anderson Cooper with me and ended up adopting their next baby because of that appearance. Wow. So it was just the right time when the book came out. A lot of people, big places took interest in it. So it was some luck with the timing for sure. Well, it is, but also, like, let's really go through the steps for people because, I mean, we can sit here and be like, oh, you know, yeah, you do a nonfiction book and you get on all these TV shows and everybody was telling me my life was going to change after I wrote my first book. And the truth is it did. And I know yours did too. The part that though we are leaving out now that I would really like to tell people is for me, like I made a fake demo reel so that people could see me on TV. You know, like I literally got people together um, and made this, series of videos that looked like it was a video series and then when people would ask me what it was so that like I just wanted people to see that I could you know talk on camera I could cook on camera and all of that so that they would book me more readily and it worked it got me on tv and with you like I know I know you weren't on camera but you interned at 2020 and then you got a job with Peter Jennings and I I mean I I know you well enough to know that you were like, I'll do anything, you know, obviously within reason, um, anything professional. I have been called a hustler. I won't lie. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So like, you're right. Like for hustlers, um, yeah, Rachel Ray and all of these shows are totally doable. Um, And I also want to be fair in saying that I hired a publicist. You did, but I mean. Outside of my publishing house. Right, but nobody handed you that cash either. And, you know, that's another thing that it's like, I mean, the reason I'm saying all this is not to to blow you and I up because, you know, we just work really hard. And I think a lot of people look at, you know, that's luck. And what the other thing that I really wanted to call out is that you said you called for, like you made 40 calls for, like you had this brilliant idea, which, you know, if people have an idea, like the idea matters, but then it took 40 calls. And I'm curious how and I leveraged every connection I had. I literally was like, does your great grandmother know anyone who works at any yeah. magazine? Any, yeah. anything? I mean, I literally threw everything at the wall. I, I even though I hired a publicist, which, as you said, yes, like that money just doesn't come from the air. I, I put my advance for the book toward hiring a publicist and I took a chance. Um, and I threw everything at the wall. I called everyone I knew. I leveraged every connection I had. I emailed everyone. I mean, my main goal was to just get this book out to everyone I know and every relation that they have. Yeah, and that's sort of, as I said, I mean, you know I adore you, and this is the story of all entrepreneurs, of all, you know, very few people just fall into, oh, I had an idea and I made one phone call, you know? And so I just... Look, I remember my husband is an entrepreneur. He's owned a lot of businesses, and he still owns his own company. And I remember him saying to me at one point, you're a business person. You're not just an author. You're not just a writer. 
you're an entrepreneur, because I think I said, oh, I could never be an entrepreneur. Like, I could never, like, run my own company. That's not how my brain works. And he said, what are you talking about? You are an entrepreneur. You may not be running your own company, but you're running your brand. And you have to look at this like a business. And while people think I just, you know, a lot of people think I just sit in a room and I write a book and then they come out into the world, when I'm not writing, the other half of my job is business-related. Right. No, and that that's exactly what I'm pointing out so that people can see that, like, they can take control. Like, as I said, I called this thinking outside the book because I thought it was, you know, sort of a fun, everyone says, oh, think outside the box, think outside the box. And in theory, you know, it's like, oh, that's easy to do. But in practice, it's really, it's, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Like, the number yep. of days that I've had brownie batter all over my jeans delivering brownies to get people to pay attention to me you know is the equivalent of you making those 40 phone calls and exactly it's like seven o'clock and you're like oh I should shower today Hmm." right (laughs) no it's true I mean as I sit here in my pajamas practically (laughs) um it's only 9 30 a.m but whatever um No. So I I think that for people at home, it's like, you know, really think about like, what is that idea? Are you afraid to make that call? Would you go to 2020? Would you, you know, would you decide you're going to do something? And, you know, do you have part like I have these penne for your thoughts parties. I literally have people over and help me brainstorm things. I serve like penne and other, you know, non-gluten things, but... (laughs) Um, but there's always like one penne dish Um, and people are always like oh my god that's so cute and people love getting together so if you're like oh I'm thinking of doing this does anybody have any great ideas does anybody know anybody it's amazing and then I might steal that idea Devin well I also want to point out like they always say when you do something for someone else like you're the one who gets more and honestly in this case like writing that tweet for you I was just kind of honoring our call it you know like graduated want to support other women and never in a million years did I think I would get to like have lunch with you and you know be part of your world. I mean, I, that is like such an, a fantastic point, I have to say, because that is a rule that I live by. I will help anybody. And I think sometimes it surprises other authors. You know, they'll, they'll say, oh, you know, I have this book coming out. And they, they, a lot of people are reticent. They don't want to ask for things, which unfortunately you, you can't be that way in this industry. And so sometimes I'll just say, do you want me to do a giveaway for you on my social media how can I help you? Do you want me to look over your proposal? Do you want me? Listen, I don't run a service. I'm not going to do it for everybody. But if someone has reached out to me, I will help them in any way that I can. I've had hour-long phone calls with strangers walking them through the process of getting an agent or publishing. I think you have to, as you said, you you have to give to get and you can't just be giving to get you have to give because you want to give and then hopefully you know the something will return its way in the universe for you um but yeah you have to do that and you also you know as I was saying you have to not be afraid to ask for things you have to just what's what's the worst happen someone says no Right. Well, I'm curious when you made those 40 phone calls, like what were, is there what, like, I want to keep this positive, but I would also like to hear one that was like, you know, people were like, you're insane. Was there any of that? Um, um, and you went forward anyway? People, or was it all so the way like, it worked for me was that my expectation was that the nail polish sets would be 
given to me for free and that in turn, they would sort of get to ride my publicity train. Okay. And yeah, there were plenty of companies that said, you know, I think I wanted, I asked for, I think to start, I asked for maybe like 800 sets and it ended up working out so well that I think they made double and they ended up selling it on their site. But there were certainly a lot of companies, especially because they weren't bigger companies that said, if you want to pay for them, we'll do it. And, you know, or, you know, but we can't just make you a thousand of something for free and give it to you. Um, and so, yeah, there were definitely people that said no. I, it turned out that with each novel after that, I've continued to do a partnership with a company. So for When We Fall, I did a partnership with Canyon Ranch. For Those Secrets We Keep, I did a partnership with It Cosmetics. And we did, um, that was like a beach book. So we did a little pouch you could take to the beach with like waterproof mascara and things like that. And then with the most recent novel, Some Women, I partnered with a company called Gerard Cosmetics, and they did a three set of lip glosses named after the characters. So with each book and with each book being successful, I've now been able to sort of call companies and say, hey, you want to do this with me? And they're like, yeah. But with that first book, I had to make those calls and I had to get a bunch of rejections. Right. What, um, how did it end up working in the end, if you don't mind sharing that? Like, did you have to buy them? Did they fund them? Nope, like, what? I didn't have to buy them. Um, Zoya gave the sets and in turn got p- a ton of publicity for themselves. It's funny because I still buy their nail polish too. You gave me they one have the of the best nail polish. nail polish. Yeah. That was, that was a super smart move on their part too. But I always, I don't know why I never asked you that before, but uh, I, yeah, I, I everyone just, thinks that I pay for the sets, but I don't, um, I, they, they give them gratis and, um, and then they get to, you know, be in lots of magazines and shows and things like that, that, uh, they never would have been on without it. Right. And that honestly, that's probably for brands, one of the least expensive buys. Absolutely. Um, I mean, publicists cost a lot of money. So um, I think that's a pretty good because certainly these brands aren't, you know, what they what it takes them to produce the nail polish isn't what you buy it for. So, yeah, I was um, talking to a manager yesterday and he told me that one of his clients um, now, granted, she's one of the top people on Instagram, but for two posts, she gets thirty thousand (laughs) dollars. Yeah. Um, so for a company like that, so a company is paying her $30,000 to post twice, like you being on all of these TV, there's no way that it costs them $30,000 to make. Definitely you know. not. Yes. Not even <laughs> remotely. Yeah. So it's, it really is. I mean, and, and I think that's the thing, like we all think, oh, why would a company work with us? Oh, why would a company, you know, do that? And I've really had to, not that I ever had super negative thinking. And I, as I said, I I think that I've always been taught to think positive and think outside the box and, you know, all of these things. But as I said, like talking to you and hearing your experiences and what you were able to pull off, um, it, you know, it it definitely inspired me to be like, wow, I'm missing this whole going back to my fly story. Like I'm missing this whole open window. I'll take the fly analogy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. I think you also had a dress company do something with. uh, I did. So with the first novel, thank you for reminding me with the first novel, 
um, I partnered with Zoya, so that was the main partnership. And then there were two other companies. There was a dress company called Mosquita, and there was a jewelry company called, it's a funny name, it's Dodo, D-O-D-O, after the bird, because their thing is all charms, and a lot of them are animals. So um, with Mosquita, she created three dresses that were named after the characters. So there was a long red dress named after Catherine, a strapless dress, because we thought that would be most appropriate for her. And then there was kind of a more fun dress named after Lainey, because we thought that would be appropriate for her. And then Luella, who was an older woman, had a different dress that was a little more subdued with buttons down the front. And um, so that was super cool. Um, I actually did a couple of television shows where they modeled the dresses. And then Dodo, um, which is actually a very big jewelry brand, they have a store on Madison Avenue in New York. They named three of their charms after the characters. And they actually had, it was very cool, they did a whole party for me. And they had, in all of their cases, they had bracelets made with the characters, charms, and they had little descriptions of, because all of their, there's always a little explanation with their charms, which says, you know, you're choosing the, you know, tiger because you're fierce and you're this. And so they had little descriptions with my characters' names. I actually still have them. And um, it explained why those charms went with the characters' personalities. So, yeah, for book number one, I actually had three partners. And um, then I streamed blind it a little after that with the others and just went for one. Right. It's so amazing. And the, the Canyon Ranch partnership um, for the second novel was slightly different because there was no product, actual right. product. Um, so there, with that, we arranged that they did this big weekend for me at Canyon Ranch where they had spa services named after the characters and things in the book. And I, I did two big events there. I hosted a brunch, and then I did one thing at night that people could come to who were staying there. And, um, and it brought a lot of people into Canyon Ranch. So that was great for them. Wow. Well, when we come back, we have to take another break. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions about that. And then we're going to find out what you're working on now. And we're uh, going to give everyone your best advice. So everyone stay tuned. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste, and Freshly delivers to my home and my office, so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. 
If you're looking to grow your business, enjoy fascinating relationships, achieve your goals, and find hope in a seemingly hopeless world, you'll want to tune into Coffee with Christy. Host Christy Dryling and her incredible guests have a frank and open discussion every week. Think of it as a time to meet with your mentors, get the motivation you need, and remove the obstacles one hour at a time. Coffee with Christy is heard live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Influencers. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I'm back with Emily Liebert. She is author extraordinaire. She has five books now, I believe, Facebook fairy tales, four novels. And she also has been on tons of TV shows, featured in magazines, uh, just amazingly brilliant. And uh, Emily, one thing that I do want to ask, and having it all, I think, you know, a lot of my guests, actually all of my guests are fit people. And I didn't mention, but you are the mother of two. And in addition yeah. to all this work you do, I know you fit in working out because you look smashingly amazing. How do you do that? And I teach at Pure Bar. Pure Bar? Yeah. Do you guys have that there? Does everyone have um, that? It's a bar, like a bar studio? Right. We do, I think. I don't or really... Or the bar I, method. You know, there, yeah, there are yeah, various yeah. chains of them, but not only do I work out, but I also teach fitness in my quote-unquote spare time. <laughs> exactly. I love that you have spare time because <laughs> yeah. I know you don't really but no, exactly. I, mean, I know you're brilliant at juggling and I remember a couple of years ago when you were telling me that you were just starting to teach that and um, it's amazing thank you um, and then I know you probably eat super healthy too like how do you manage that do you, are you a pre-planner of your meals or what do you do on that sense you know I I'm someone who believes in eating everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. So I don't deprive myself, but I don't eat the entire bag of family size M&Ms. Right. I eat <laughs> breakfast. Uh, I don't, and I don't really snack in between meals. I know that that you know a lot of people do. They eat smaller meals throughout the day, but um, I eat breakfast, and then I don't eat again until lunch, and then I don't eat again until dinner. But I eat good salad meals, and I um, don't deprive myself. And I work out five days a week. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I think everyone knows that I'm a huge fan of, I mean, I am a snacker, but I am much bigger a fan of people just eating in moderation um, than, you know, eating, uh, like, completely depriving or following a diet. I just, I mean, obviously, if any you diet do that, that you follow. You're just going to binge. You know, yeah, and I mean, if you follow a diet, it works. Let's face it. Most of the diets out there, like because they're calorie controlled or whatever, but the problem is that you can't follow it for life. And at some point, huh, most people fall off. Exactly. So I'm curious, in the vein of having it all, if you were 20, what would be your, or if someone is 20 now, what is your best advice for someone who doesn't have it all to get closer to having it all? 
I think my best advice would be to don't be afraid to go after everything you want and don't be scared of rejection. With every door that's closed in your face, there's another door that's going to open or there's an opportunity to kick that door in. So I think um, in my career, I've experienced plenty of rejection. You know, it all sounds good now when you read off all the highlights, but what you don't read off are the struggles and rejections that it took to get there. So I think you just have to develop a thick skin if you want to be certainly in the media industry. Well, it's true. You know, I don't have an agent these days, but when I did, I kind of used to love that, like, I was rejected all the time. I just didn't know it. <laughs> I would just right, go right. full speed ahead and, like, they don't tell you what you didn't get. Um, exactly. And, and now it's funny. I don't know if people know about HARO. It's, it stands for Help a Reporter Out. Emily, I'm sure yeah. you use this. But if anybody's looking to get into the media world, it's free to join. It kind of tells you what experts reporters are looking for. And it's funny because I submit to these things and a lot of times, like I'm not even dead on right for it, but if it's a big outlet and I want them to hear my name because it might spark another article, um, you know, I'll just submit anyway and just be like, oh, I'm not dead on for this. But if you're looking for someone who blah, 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 and it's amazing how, you know, two months after those things happen out of the blue, I get a call. And not only have I used Harrow many, many times, but you are truly bringing this full circle here, Devin, without even knowing it. The story of how Harrow started on Facebook was in my Facebook fairy tales book. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yep. I interviewed Peter Shankman, who is the one who conceived of Harrow. And it started with a small Facebook grassroots Facebook group and then blossomed into what it is today. And I have used Harrow both as pitching myself and putting queries to get things. I actually used it to get other stories for Facebook fairy tales. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't even realize, like, I seriously have to reread Facebook fairy tales because. Well, it has been a long time. I mean, I don't think I I can even tell you all 25 stories right now. So. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. You know, people ask me about recipes, like what's in them. And I'm like, you know, I created some of them in 2002. I'm like, uh, I don't know every ingredient or people will be like, what's the cooking time? And I'm like, uh. (laughs) You know, I I had a book. I actually had a book club um, Skype because I. By the way, if anyone has a book club and wants to Skype with me, I do that. So I was Skyping with a book club. And for whatever reason, it was many years later, but they were reading You Knew Me When, my first novel. And someone said, what was Catherine's motivation in that moment? And I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me You're just like, look that up. Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I wrote the I book, mean- so... It's like we put our heart and soul into all of these projects and then later as time goes by. And then you move on to another project and that becomes your project. So, you know. Yeah. Um, So now I would love for you to give me your best advice for someone. I mean, I know the same advice. Technically, like I just reconfirm. I mean, I think at any age, um, obviously the same applies, like go after you want. Do you have any specific advice for someone who's a little bit older who needs to start? taking that advice or um, yeah I mean I think typically when you're older you have more things going on in your life when you're 20 years old it's all about you 
So oftentimes when people are in their 40s, they are maybe married, so they have a spouse to think of. Um, Oftentimes they have children to think of, or maybe they're divorced or single and have financial concerns. So there's more to think of when you're in your 40s, I think, to consider. You really can't just sort of, you know, go after everything and hope for the best and, you know, take a job that pays $10,000 a year if you want. So I think what I would say is to make sure you find a good balance, um, especially as a woman. I find that so many women feel like they have to always be giving of themselves to other people and taking care of their husband or taking care of their kids. And um, I think that you really need to say to yourself, I need to do something for me at that age. So I think prioritizing yourself in later life is a big deal and making sure that you're taking the time to make sure you're happy in your life independent of the other people who are involved in it. You know what? That is such great advice. Um, I hate to admit this, but I've dated a lot of men who have been divorced. (laughs) Just meaning, I mean, I date like I'm not a hook up with a lot of people type, but I definitely, you know, will go out. And if someone asks me out and and I've had the opportunity to learn a lot from men who've been divorced, because a lot of times they realize that their wives are miserable and it's you know, if you hear the woman side of the story, it's always, I was doing everything for him, but the guys feel like, you know, sometimes they don't want that much attention and they want you to have, you know, be sparked in a different way. And, and it's really interesting that it, it does feel like the women who, whether it be not that they have to be working, but even doing some charity thing or that have some super passion beyond the children solely, um, right. Are the ones that have the happiest marriages that are, um, I agree. You know, really, really having and fun. And look, it's not to say you can't be a stay-at-home mom and be happy, but if that fulfills you, but right. you have to be fulfilled by whatever choice you make. Right, and I wasn't even suggesting not be a stay-at-home mom, but just right, also absolutely. have some other, you know, one of the guys was like, have a hobby. He's like, get a horse. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he literally, it wasn't. it wasn't about, you know, he did really well, he didn't. It wasn't like he just didn't want her waiting for him. Right. Like he didn't want her waiting at the door, you know, for her whole life to begin when he got home. Like it just felt like too much pressure, I guess. Absolutely. And I think Um, that's very true. Yeah. So I would love to know what you're working on now because you always have something amazing up your sexy little sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with all of my last novels, as you said, they're like babies. They came out every nine months and it was a very quick turnaround for me. And after writing five books, I said to myself, I can, I can do better because you mm-hmm. always need to push yourself. And I said, I can write a bigger, better book. And I took a little more time. I took actually a year to write my next book, where I normally take six months at most. And I wrote a book that's a little different. It's not, it's still, you know, novel, fiction. It won't um, alienate my current readership, but I hope it'll draw in a lot more readers. It's um, not a beachy read. It's not about love and friendship and that kind of stuff. It's about revenge. Oh, really? Sweet taste of revenge. (laughs) And I um, just finished writing it. I'm in final edits now. And um, I think it's going to be a splashy book. The working title is The Girl That Ran. 
what little I can tell you is that it's about two women who knew each other very briefly, uh, 17 years prior, and then didn't see each other for 17 years. And one day, one of them sees the other one on television and goes to get revenge on her, working for her, and uh, the other <gasps> woman does not know who she is. Wow. Is this like And that is exactly the response I'm looking to get. Good. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, huh. So hopefully that will be get- out in 2018. And uh, hopefully it will be a gigantic success. I am sure it will. And I take it you're doing more partnerships. I will. Um, You know, I haven't decided what I'm going to do this time, but I definitely want to do a really fun partnership with this one, something that's good and juicy like the book is. Oh, and now I'm even more intrigued because honestly, that's what I was thinking. You know, get some good ideas. Right. Well, all of these feel good novels, it seems like nail polish is perfect and things like that. But this yeah, will be. They really this. go hand in hand with it. Um, and you could still do something like that, but it would have to really be like, you know, Vixen Red or something. Or, you know, it'd have to be a little bit edgier, like the book. Right. How fun. And then, um, what, uh, someone like Tina Fey for the forward? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mean girl. Well, no, no forward um, for for novels, but, um, you know, I'm obviously already casting people in my head for the movie, which right, I think you, you do as an author, you do with every book. Everyone, right. everyone asks me that. Did you ever think about who would play, you know, that character in a movie? Yes, I have many times. <laughs> that's awesome. I've cast every yeah, role no, in every funny, book in my head. As soon as you said that, you. that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, Tina Fey would be, um, well, not necessarily playing it if it's young young girls, but um, but definitely, you know, that's along the genre of things that she likes to talk about. So exactly. I'm sure you'll figure out at the um, how to get it into her hands knowing you is the, I guess, really what's going to happen. I may very well do that. Um, it's, you know, that's another way um, that's really great. If you have any access to anyone who's either a celebrity or an influencer who has a very big social media following, when your book comes out, you want to ask every single, I always ask you, every single one of those people (laughs) to tweet it, Instagram, Facebook it, um, whatever the other things people, these kids are doing these days. Um, But, you know, I've been fortunate that I do know um, some, some, well-known people, and uh, you'd be surprised. I, I didn't actually, I didn't know Patty Stanger, the one who do, uh, does Millionaire Matchmaker. I didn't even know her. And I just asked her to tweet about my book, and she said no problem. And she's done it for every single one of my books. Wow. That's I've never amazing. done a thing for her. Every time I say, is there anything I can do for you? Anything. Yeah. Well, and I want to say one of the reasons that I always do your posts is because after, you know, that first one when you didn't even know who I was or, you know, and vice versa, um, we, you always do such a good job at writing it for me. So all I have to do is push go basically like cut and paste. And when and people that's do a big that, thing. I am bringing up all it, the good tips. Now that's a big thing. When a book comes out, yeah. you email every single person, you know, and you say, here's a, a tweet ready for you. Here's a Facebook post ready for you. Here's the art of the book book cover. All you have to do is cut and paste. You want to make yeah. it as easy as possible for people. 
Yes. And that, I mean, it's just so important. Now, how we have to jump, speaking of time, um, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, EmilyLiebert.com is my website. All my social media is on there, but I am also Emily Liebert on Twitter, Emily Liebert on Instagram, and Emily Liebert, sorry, Facebook.com slash author Emily Liebert. But all this can be found on EmilyLiebert.com, and you can reach out to me there if you want to send me a note through my contact page. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. I absolutely love this. Thank you for having me. As I always love you. And um, I look forward to connecting with you again. I look forward to connecting with everyone else next week when I have an expert on friendship. Find out how to enhance your friendships even more. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at 